0: It's time now for the James Whale Radio Show. Are you sure that you will be able to cope with the next hour or so? Okay, here we go. Very uh, warm welcome to you, James Wells. Radio show here, broadcast of course via a number of United uh, Kingdom radio stations. We're also broadcasting uh, via radio stations around the world, and uh, wherever you're listening to us on, whether it's on your uh, your phone, your tablet, your computer, or listening via the radio. Nice to have you with us. You will notice, of course, everybody else is uh, catching up. The BBC are going to spend fortunes, fortunes. On uh, on trying to improve their presence online, they've got the money now, haven't they? Well, they have, of course. Yeah, they've got the money now. They're not doing Bake Off anymore, I suppose. That that has saved them an enormous amount. Uh, but as I said, you know, there is uh, there must there must be some there's some good news in the world, and the fact that um, Mel and whatever the other one's name is Sue, isn't it, um, are no no longer going to be doing the Bake Off. You're not a fan. Well, that's good news, because I, I could never understand what the point of them was anyway. You'd rather it just be uh, Mary yeah. and Paul? I well, I don't really care, to be honest. I'm not a fan of Bake Off, to be honest. Are you not? Well, what's, what's all the excitement about seeing people bake cakes? Yeah, you don't get to eat them afterwards, I suppose, so yeah. No, I don't actually understand what all the, the fuss is about this programme. What Can somebody tell me? What is the fuss about it? I don't know, but can't the BBC just do uh, Master Baker? Master, Master Baker, yeah. Um, I, I, you see, I don't understand why Channel 4 would want to waste money buying that um, and then not being able to broadcast it for a couple of years. I don't know who did the deal on Channel 4, but I, th- I think they're probably going to be in a bit of trouble over the next, um, over the next couple of, uh, of months because, what is it, 20-odd million they've paid for this, or 25 million for this show. And, I mean, you could just have done a baking show, couldn't you? Yeah, Master Baker. Just get, yeah. uh, well, yeah. you don't like them, really, Sue and uh, the other one to <laughs> well, do now, Why do you keep talking about them? Why do we have to have them? Why can't we have somebody else? Well, because it's what the people like, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't understand the front page of every national newspaper the other day when this was all launched. Um, and I, There are more important things going on in the world than a daft programme about baking, huh? just bizarre absolutely bizarre i don't understand it at all i really don't you're not going to be a guest then on, on the no show, right? i know well well ha- never say never i did say i never do uh, big brother so um uh, it depends on the money doesn't it you know somebody says here's uh, here's a certain amount of money james would you come and make a fool of yourself in a kitchen it would be strange not to wouldn't it well there's always master chef well yes i, I you know <clears throat> trouble is i think i'd win master chef <laughs> would you well, yeah, I think I would. I think I, would. I don't know what you're laughing about. What would you know? You're just a producer. I mean, you, you wouldn't know. I mean, I think I probably would. I'd probably win MasterChef. Hands flipping down. The last cooking thing I knew that you did was something to do with a microwave. Well, the microwave cook got very, very popular in the 90s. Uh, a series, I think I recorded 27 episodes of the microwave chef or something. So all we're going to see on MasterChef is you by the side of a microwave. Well, no, I mean, I can, I can do all that whisking and stuff putting it in the microwave yeah mind you now i come to think about it i could i could probably host a great british whatever it's called baking thingy but here's, here's the thing why why bother to go and buy the format why not just pinch mary berry and paul hollywood i mean they're the people who make the program like simon cowell uh without simon cowell you have no x factor or britain's got talent so why on earth did channel 4 make a stupid mistake go and buy the format when they could have pinched uh, Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood, and they could have made up their own show for them. Well, it's not sure if they're actually going to be going. No, I know. But if they wanted to do the bake-off, yeah. why not get those two people? Call it something else. You, you, you know, like BBC Two had this thing called Something for the Weekend. Mm-hmm. Then, um, oh, we've had them both on the programme and I've forgotten. Um, um, uh, what's R- his name? Rimmer. Bob. Rimmer yep. and the other one. Mm. Rimmer and... Um, the other one. Oh, gosh, um, Lovejoy. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Rimmer and Lovejoy, yeah. <laughs> and they went to Channel 4, and it's it's called um, Sunday Brunch, and it's even better than it was when it was on BBC. More money. Yeah. So, uh, you know, everybody's going on about, oh, well. Uh, but there's no – you don't need to pinch the format. You don't need to pay $20 million for the format. You just get the presenters, give them another vehicle which is similar, and off you go. Yeah, £20 million pounds for a tent is a lot of money. I mean, how many, how many gardening and cooking programmes are there on television at the moment? Um, a handful. Hundreds. Hundreds? Yeah. Well, I don't know. OK, a handful. But there are lots of them, and they're all the same. You know, uh, how to make your garden look better than it is. I mean, how many times do you have to see that? How many ways of doing that are there? take one leaf off a tree in our garden to make it look better yeah well you know rob you're being silly now aren't you i mean you're being stupid yeah the whole point is that whoever decided to go and spend 20 million quid and let's not forget that channel four is partly paid for by the license fee as well is it yeah how did that happen well channel four is 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 um, a public service broadcaster too isn't it but part of the, the uh, licence fee actually goes to, uh, to, to, to um, finance Channel 4. I'm sure it does. It's got adverts in it. Yeah, no. Oh. But that doesn't matter, does it? Does ITV get funded by uh, BBC? No, don't be ridiculous. But I'm absolutely sure that Channel 4 gets money off the licence fee. Or the BBC actually put a certain amount of money amount of money into Channel 4, don't they? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody will tell me, jameswellradio at gmail.com. Wow. That's my, that's my email, jameswellradio at gmail.com. Anyway, enough of this, because uh, I started the program off talking about something I wasn't going to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, you're not. Um, so anyway, Rob is, of course, our, uh, our producer of the program here, the James Well Radio Show, broadcasting to you live. Well, live on tape well well actually no not live on tape because we don't use tape anymore no we don't no that's expensive stuff yeah no this is this is broadcasting live when we're doing it i mean doing it now is live but you may well be listening to it at another time live on memory stick yeah because of course all you need to do is you need to go to your phone or your tablet or your or listen on the radio and uh, you can listen to this over and over and over and over again i do I wonder what the I wonder what the um, the number of times anybody's actually listened to one program is. I think I hold the record. Do you? Yeah, I must do. I would like to know from anybody. Go, get in touch. Let me know how many times have you listened to one program. I have to edit it thousands of times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, right, we better take a break. Have a play a jingle, and then uh, I think we'll get our guest up, shall we? Okay. Okay. Sitting in my room and I'm on my own. It's cold outside and I'm feeling alone. So I turn that dial and my radios on. I hear James Well and my troubles are gone. I hear James Well on the radio. Oh I hear. James Well and his podcast show I hear. Now, let's, um, let, listen, what I like to do on the program a lot is talk dogs because I get more sense out of my dogs than lots of human beings and, uh, and any chance to have a go at people who don't treat dogs properly while I'm there. In fact, I'd like to be the master, uh, I, don't, I suppose execution is not the right word, but people who, uh, who abuse all animals, uh, in my mind, need to be treated a little more harshly by the law and uh, perhaps this will happen one day now let's talk to uh to, to lisa garner her dog's name is lucy and lisa will talk for lucy uh during this uh chat hello lisa hello how are you doing
1: not too bad thank you
0: good now how's lucy
1: lucy is well at the moment thank you she's uh currently fast asleep one of her favorite pastimes um she's got a full tummy so she's quite happy <laughs>
0: now now tell me um the whole story about in fact tell me first of all you've just won an award what award have you won
1: uh yes last wednesday lucy won um the rescue animal of the year at the animal hero awards in london um organized by the mirror it was i mean basically she was using a puppy farm for um around five to six years and since I've sort of had her, we've been raising awareness and it was really just for her a sort of overcoming adversity and just the awareness that she's starting to raise that she won the um, award.
0: I'm upset that I, I and Daisy May, one of my dogs, weren't invited to these awards, hopefully uh, next year. Um, Daisy, my dog, is, is a rescue dog. She was uh, abandoned about a day after the people got her. I've no idea where she came from. Um, and I cannot understand why people treat dogs like this. Why, why is it, before we talk about puppy farms, Lisa, why is it so many human beings seem to be able to treat particularly dogs in such a disgusting manner?
1: I think it's um, unfortunately for people like us, and there's many of them, um, we can't get our head around it because obviously we don't and we would never consider doing anything like that. So it's very difficult to understand, I think, the mindset of people that have just got absolutely no regard for dogs or animals, and you know, a lot of it, unfortunately, comes down to uh, to money. And people will do anything for money, and if that, you know, is at the detriment of animals, then to them it doesn't matter because it makes them a quick buck, and that's you know, kind of what a lot of it comes down to.
0: Okay. Um, do you think that the punishments for people who abuse animals are strong enough?
1: no uh, i don't personally. I think you can see horrific sort of stories that are covered in the press um you know or circulated on social media and i don't really think i've ever seen one where the punishment sort of fits the crime if you like um, you know it always seems to be a very lenient sentence, whether that be their um they can't keep animals for a number of years, or they're banned for life, or that sort of thing. And and for people like that, they don't really care, you know, they'll set up, so with puppy farmers, they'll just set up um, the company in somebody else's name. There really is no deterrent. And even with financial, um, you know, where they have to pay fines, that sort of thing, they're so minimal, that it just really doesn't impact on anybody. you know, far more needs to be done so there's a greater deterrent for people not to, um, you know,
0: abuse animals. Well, let's talk about puppy farms because that's what you have been highlighting. I was at a, a function in London um, a few weeks ago uh, which was trying to highlight the fact that these appalling uh, places uh, exist. Now, a lot of this is the fault of, of pet shops as well, isn't it, who, uh, who who sell dogs, although they are getting fewer and further between But puppy farms breed these poor, poor animals. Uh, They breed brothers and sisters, mothers and daughters, well, mothers and sons, I suppose. Um, They don't seem to have any care about what dog is breeding with what and what sort of conditions they keep them in. I'm interested when you got Lucy, what, what sort of condition was she in and how did you manage to get her?
1: I think the event you were talking about there, because I, I saw you there, but I didn't get a chance to talk to you. You went to Pup Aid, which is the annual event to raise awareness. Um, but Lucy, we, we um, raised awareness, but she was used, the puppy farm she was used on was in Wales, and I actually got her from, I adopted her from a rescue centre. And really, it was the first time that i have come across puppy farming. I think, unfortunately, so many people still don't know that it goes on. Um, And Lucy was, if people are familiar with the Cavalier breed, she was only just under 3.5 kilos. And the foster at the time, you know, she's seen a lot of kind of neglected and abused dogs. And even she cried when she took Lucy, um, took her in, because she just didn't even resemble the breed. To give you an idea, Cavaliers are generally between about 8 and 11 kilos. So, and she now is about 7.2, so she's double the weight she was and she was rescued. But the state of her was just heartbreaking um, to think that somebody knew that she was being treated like that on a daily basis. Um, you know, she from the weight of her, she can't have been fed properly at all. I think with a lot of puppy farms, they throw food in and if the dogs get it, they get it. If they don't, they don't. Or they have the automatic sort of feeding systems, so it cuts out having to have any sort of human interaction. Um, but but Lucy, yes, she has you know numerous health problems, uh, sort of psychological problems as well. Um, unfortunately, you know people can take on puppy farm dogs and rehabilitate them, but they shouldn't you know shouldn't have to. It shouldn't be a an industry that is allowed to thrive. And I think people would never knowingly go and buy a puppy from a puppy farm if, you know, and and people don't realise that it's dogs like Lucy that are locked away for years just simply to have puppies um, for a lifetime. And people would never knowingly support such an appalling industry. But, of course, puppy farmers are very good at deceiving the public and they will go to great lengths to do so.
0: Aren't these puppy farms in some way regulated? Isn't there some... There are a way you can find out? Because most of the dogs that come from puppy farms, as I understand it, um, have pedigree papers. Isn't there something that the kennel club could do about them?
1: I think it's, it's very difficult in as much as um, puppy farms are kind of a law unto themselves. I mean, the, the amount of people that have said to me that documents have been forged, you know, I think they think if they go online and it automatically says kennel club registered, that means you're getting, um, you know, a healthy puppy. It doesn't, people need to do more research into the dogs that they are getting. Um, So, for example, you know, crossbreeds now are really popular and people think if they just go online, they can do a quick Google search. They can, you know, there's ads that pop up on the kind of pre-loved sites. And because people want a dog sort of there and then, they don't want to wait, and um, they go onto these websites and obviously they're going to be, so many poppy farmers will be advertising on those sites because they know that people don't want to wait, they know that buying a poppy is a very emotive subject, so if you do look online, you need to make sure that you're Googling the telephone numbers before you ring them because that will be a typical sign of a poppy farmer. Um, you need to make sure, you know, see if they've got, they're advertising multiple breeds for sale. Because if they've got kind of cavaliers and pugs and a multitude of dogs um, available, again, that's another sign of a puppy farmer. But also, when you go to an establishment, you should kind of get a feel for people. Um, so if straight away you know something's wrong, as difficult as it is, do try and walk away. Because otherwise, you are just firstly lying in the pocket of that puppy farmer. But secondly, you're just making room for another puppy to come into that sort of environment. And it is difficult because I think people think they're rescuing that puppy if it looks, say, poorly. or But, you know, in reality, it's just a never-ending cycle. Um, and all puppy farmers want is obviously to get your money um, to fund sort of their their lifestyle. So people just need to really, really be careful and put a bit more, you know, if you were looking for a car or you were looking for um, something for the house, people put far more thought into, and research into that sort of thing than they do to go online to to buy a living and sort of breathing animal. And and people need to be prepared to wait. So if you are looking for a puppy, most good breeders will have a waiting list. And obviously they've got a waiting list for a reason. So it's better to wait, and at least then you're not gonna end up with, because so many times I hear of people where they've gone to a puppy farm, they've got the puppy the next day, or they've had one delivered to them, or they've met somebody in a car park, and then that puppy's fallen, ill and they've had thousands of pounds of vet bills or the puppies passed away after a few days which you know for a, a new owner even after a few days it's devastating to lose a dog you know no matter how long you've had them put the research in if you just wait and try and do it responsibly you know if you go somewhere and you ask them can I see the mum? which is obviously one of the most important questions can I see the mom interacting with the puppies and not just a mom you want to see them interacting with those puppies and it will be quite clear, really, if it's not the actual mum. You know, if they say, oh, the mum's tired today, we can't bring her out, or, no, sorry, she's at the vet's, or, you know, that, again, is a red flag, and there's probably going to be something wrong if they won't let you see the mum of those puppies. Or if they bring the mum out of a garden, and um, someone said to me the day they brought the mum out of a garden hutch, you just think, you know, alarm bells need to ring at that point, and you need to walk away. But so, you, you know, you want to see the puppies with the mom in their sort of, you know, family environment. Good breeders will be asking you probably far more questions than you will be asking them. You want to be quizzed because you want that breeder to care where that dog is going to. If they don't care and all they care about is getting the money off you, then obviously, again, that's when the alarm bells and that's when you need to think, am I getting this from a reputable place? Mm.
0: Absolutely right, Lisa. I, th- I think the problem is, of course, if you see a dog and you think that it's come from a puppy farm, I, I wouldn't be able to leave it there. I'd have to take it and look after it. I think that's the problem. And also, um, these people are not exposed nearly enough. Now, it might be that they're not doing anything criminally wrong, but they're doing something, in my view, morally wrong. And these organi- these farms in the, in the middle of nowhere in Wales in particular, why in Wales, I don't know, I suppose because there's a lot of areas of Wales it's difficult to get to, um, who will bring you the dogs uh, to a car park, as you quite rightly said, who will use fictitious addresses. You go to an address, you think the dog has been born in that house, there might even be an adult dog that they tell you is the mother, um, but that could be completely wrong. There might have been a, a car around the back or, or popped in earlier, brought a whole load of dogs... Um, which have nothing to do with that particular dog. And if you don't know about animals, you perhaps wouldn't know. I mean, this is just a money-making business for these people. They have no care for these animals at all that are treated appallingly. I mean, something has really seriously got to be done about it and to raise the awareness. The The only way to get a dog, in my view, and by the way, I think a lot of people who have dogs need to think very carefully about it. If you get a dog... Because, A, you think, oh, well, I've got, the, I've got the children, I better get the dog. Don't. Um, and if you've got very young children under five, don't get a dog. It really, you've got enough to do with kids under five, don't get a dog. Um, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a real hard job having a dog because you have to put other things in your life like holidays and, and stuff like that out of the question because it isn't as easy as people think to leave your dog in kennels and go away. Vets' fees are very expensive. Even if you get a dog for nothing – it's still going to cost you a lot of money. All of this doesn't actually, I don't think, get through to a lot of people who want to have a dog.
1: No, and I think, you know, we come up to the time of year where, you know, coming up to Christmas, people will buy puppies again, um, you know, just on a sort of a whim, and then they end up in a rescue centre um, after Christmas when the novelty's sort of worn off and people have gone back to work and they've got the reality of leaving a dog every day. Um, And that's why with Lucy's page, you know, firstly is to raise awareness of um, puppy farming because obviously the more people know the size to look for, the more difficult it will be for them to get away with um, misleading people in the first instance. But secondly, the page is to, I mean, Lucy is my first rescue dog and I've got another one since and that's the only um, dog that I would ever have in future is rescue. And I think people have got this kind of preconceived ideas of what dogs they'll find in rescue or, you know, it's going to be bad dogs that have ended up in there. And the reality is you can find the most amazing rescue dogs um, of every different breed. Um, You know, you can get puppies in a rescue centre. And by rescuing a dog, it's one of the biggest ways to have an impact on puppy farmers because if you rescue a dog rather than going to get um, a puppy obviously that's going to have a big impact on their sort of sales and the demand won't be there like it is now. Um, you know, and rescue dogs, they give you so much love back. They're so grateful to have, you know, a loving home. And I know you've got a Bichon. Um My sister's re- recently adopted um, an ex-breeding Bichon um, and she actually had, she's got no teeth um, mm. and had, you know, various issues, but she's the most loving little dog you could ever wish to meet and I just wish people would, you know, consider um adopting a dog rather than just rushing out and buying one because it really would be the you know, the best thing really you could you could ever do and as I say, is what just such a it's such a powerful way to really help the puppy farming situation because if you do take that demand away It is going to impact on obviously those puppy farmers' sales of of dogs, but it also helps, obviously, those dogs that are in rescue.
0: Well, I wouldn't, I have to be honest with you, I wouldn't get a dog uh, any other way from a rescue. I'm not sure what um, Daisy May is, uh, is, she is part Bichon, but she's something else as well, and I have no idea. Uh, and I just hope that, uh, that that she wasn't crossed with a sibling, but you never know, do you, with a puppy farm? That's the tragic thing. Um, tell us um, how you can, uh, how people can find out more about this, because they've, uh, you've got a, a, a website. Lucy's got her own website, Lisa, hasn't she?
1: Yeah, well, Lucy's got her own social media pages. Um, predominantly, we're on Facebook. Um, if you just look up Lucy the Rescue Cavalier. Um, her page will pop off. I mean, she's got about 65,000, I think, followers on there. Um, and that's from around the world. It's amazing because, obviously, it's a worldwide problem. And how why we found that Lucy's page works so well is that uh, puppy farming is obviously a, an awful subject. And I think people, sometimes, they don't want to um, see what goes on. Um, and by having Lucy, you know, falling in kind of love with Lucy and following her story her um, page now has kind of put a face to the public farming industry and people now don't just want to scroll past because they know that was Lucy's life. Um, so they want to share posts and raise awareness and tell their friends. Um, so she's got sort of followers now from Australia to Hawaii to America. Um, it's quite amazing, really. And people have adopted, you know, from seeing how well Lucy's adapt- adapted to a home life, which, again, is, you know, what we want. We want people to... Um, consider adoption, um, but she's also on Twitter, which is at Lucy underscore Cavalier, and Instagram as well, which is Lucy the Rescue Cavalier. So we've tried to cover all bases, um, so that we can, you know, be followed on multiple platforms, and hopefully just continue to keep raising as much awareness as we can.
0: All right. Well, listen, thank you for talking to us uh, today on the programme. And uh, anybody who's thinking of getting a dog, Lisa, I hope they go and look at Lucy's page, uh, follow her on Facebook and Twitter. And if they want to find out more, why not get in touch with Lisa? She'll tell you all about how to rescue a dog and the best way to do it. Lisa, thank you very much indeed. Give our love to Lucy. I
1: will do. Thank you so much for your
0: time. All right, Lisa, take it easy.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Uh, right. Okay. Well, there we are. Thank you very much indeed to uh, to Lisa. You've got a dog as well, Robo, and uh, I think you would. Uh, although you spent fortunes on yours, didn't you? I did buy. I did buy it from a responsible breeder. Yeah. Yes, I know you did. Isn't there going to be some sort of thing called Wet Nose Day? Oh, I don't know. Tell me about it. Like Red Nose Day. Well, Red Nose Day, uh, obviously to raise uh, money and awareness for uh, for, for for children. Um, but although the RSPCA and the PDSA and the dog's trust and lots of other big organizations have fundraising and get lots of money and there are millions and millions around the world of little rescue centers, you know, places that rescue not necessarily only dogs, but wildlife. And so, uh, some people have come up with an idea and I don't know much about it. I'd love them to get in touch. James whale radio at gmail.com uh, is my email. Uh, and tell me more about it. So there's a proposal for a, a Wet Nose Day, uh, which would help raise money to look after animals who needed looking after, not only in this country but also around the world. I'm, I'm supportive of that. Yeah, I'd like to know about yeah, that yeah. I, yeah, I think it'll be very good. Um, anyway, so thank you to uh, to, to Lucy. I get Lucy and Lisa, Lucy and Lisa mixed up. Thank you to Lucy. Thank you to Lisa <laughs> Thank you to Lisa and Lucy. Um, for that. Uh, right. Now if, um, if you would like to uh, get in touch, don't forget, as I said before, uh, Jameswellradio at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our website, which is uh, Jameswellradio.co.uk. Some fascinating old shows, as well as some new stuff on there as well. There's over a hundred hours of uh, of me talking nonsense to be uh, quite honest and it'll tell you where else we we're, we're working whatever we're doing. And bits if you didn't see the big brother stuff you've put bits up on there I notice. Uh yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, including me and Daisy. Oh yeah, well, you know, that's Which I haven't brought myself to look at yet, but I will. Uh, it's quite upsetting. Is it? Well, I'll I'll leave it for a little while in that case. Hmm. Otherwise I might uh, I might get embarrassed to go out in public again. <laughs> Well, the amount of people who come up and talk who who would never admit to watching a program like that is quite interesting. That, I think they were only watching it because you were in it. Yes, yes, of course. Of course. Right, what should we do now? I tell you what, we uh, uh, David Cameron and uh, we'll talk about David Cameron later, but this whole whole business. Did we talk about this before or is it I talked about it somewhere else the grammar school thing? um i saw it on your facebook page the other day yeah yeah well I, yeah and, and people have responded to it i've talked about it on other radio shows and i, I just i don't understand the necessity well first of all i don't understand why we have any any other things except school have school schools you know you go to a school when you're a young person and you learn what you need to learn and every school should be as good as every other school. Now, if you've got money and you want to pay to go to a private school because it's a nice building covered in ivy and it's got its own grounds and everything else, that's fine. I don't mind that. But the basic education and what you learn in school should all be the same, shouldn't it? I would like to think so yeah I would too. I mean, i went I went to a rubbish school, I failed the eleven plus, but that's my fault, nobody else's, I suppose. um, and wasn't really interested in in academic education. But it would have been nice to learn basic literacy skills, which I had to learn later in life, really. Um, and that ought to be the first call of every school until you can read and write and calculate to a certain level. You don't move on. I don't really see how you can move on unless you get those basic skills. Um, And all these you get academies now starting up, and they're different to other schools, and I mean it's just why? And, And now we're gonna bring bring back grammar schools, so everybody even poor kids have a chance How does a poor child have more of a chance because there's a grammar school can somebody tell me? Surely that just sort of Highlights the fact that there's a problem with the current schools well of course and now we're going to let flipping religious organisations. Do you know there are more schools in this country run by Catholicism than anything else? Yeah, that's true. You know, and they, and they they teach. Um, well, when I went to school, I went to the local C of E school because that was the only school, and um, and and you had uh, to pretend to be a churchgoer because everybody thought if you didn't go to church, you were evil in those days. Uh, The same cannot be said now, but religious organizations have still got their sticky fingers in education. We should stop that. We don't want more Catholic schools. We don't want more Church of England schools. We don't want more Muslim and Jewish and any other sort of religious schools. It's diverse. It's um, diversive, divisive. What is the word I'm looking for? It doesn't matter. Yeah, but anyways, it, it it just sets people apart. And if you, you know, you might have a really strong belief in something, but it is a belief, isn't it? It's a belief. I, the thing I objected to most about school was not really, <clears throat> excuse me, realising until, you know, I was sort of in my late teens, um, that I'd been taught a lie for so long. You know, they, they were teaching you Christianity and Bible and all that stuff. As if it were a fact. Nobody said, you know, um, we believe that Moses came down from um, the, the whatever he came down from with these tablets. You, you taught that as if it was a historic fact. And then the parting of the Red Seas, of course, this happened many, many uh, years ago, and blah blah. blah and taught us a fact. I did a television show not long ago with some nutter. Um, who wanted religion to be taught properly in schools. And I said, what do you talk about properly? Well, we want to talk properly, you know. We want the whole... I said, do you want Adam and Eve taught as a fact? He said, yes. I said, well, you don't know if, I mean, it might be. I don't know. I kind of think it isn't, but, you know, it might be. I have an open mind about this, but I don't want people taught it as a fact. Teach it as a theory a belief. This is what I believe. You could choose to believe something else if you wish. Surely that is the best way forward, and better than that, teach kids about all religions. Teach them as a, a, a fact that this is what people believe in. You might choose to believe in one of these when you get older. That's fine. But don't let's have schools trying to indoctrinate kids, and don't let's have you know just because you have a religious belief. I don't. I really don't think it's fair to try and impose that. Onto another human being, even if it is your own child, until they are of a, an age to make up their own mind, or am I ranting too much? Um, no, 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 it's fine. It's one of my favourite subjects. This, you know, it is one of my favourite religion. It's one of my favourite subject. yeah. yeah. subjects. I love to talk about religion. You know, mm. I'm I'm quite I'm quite open to the fact that there may well be something in one of these religions, and uh, and when it's sort of um, when it when it comes to me, I will let everybody know. But it hasn't done, and I actually think it should be taught as um, as it is, this is what some people believe. Uh, lots of other people don't. And uh, grammar schools, um, which is is trying to be sneaked in by the government at the moment, purely because I think they want to get other people, um, industries to uh, to actually fund schools. A lot of charities, religiously motivated charities, do that. So we put it out on um, uh, on Facebook: Are grammar schools just another gamble with a children's future? Deborah says yes. Uh, if bright kids from poorer backgrounds get in, not just ones from well off homes. Well, I think it's open, isn't it, to all? It doesn't matter. I mean, it's never been you can only take the eleven plus because your parents earn over fifty thousand a year, has it? No, I think that's the point, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jim Trim says, uh, I come from a family of seven children. We all passed the 11 plus in the 1960s. We were not a rich family. My parents had to provide uniforms for each of us. My cousins came from a family of eight. They all went to a grammar school too. None had extra tuition. And there's another thing about this bloody uniform business. And uh, there was a school in Kent. I did it on one of the other radio shows I do the other day. And people got so upset about it um, that there are, There are, uh, there's a school, this new academy or something, and the headmaster sent 50 kids home on the first day because they weren't properly dressed. Now, I'm sorry, but you must have something better to do at school than look and see, you know, uh, if a kid's not got the right shoelaces on or whatever it was. I I think school uniforms are ridiculous. I think, you know, if you want a uniform, have a sweatshirt with a badge on or a pair of jeans, but these blazers and school shoes, and you have to go to the school shop to get them, That is so last century. Get rid of it. A lot of parents haven't got time or money to spend on that rubbish, have they? Very expensive to get your uh, school uniform with the badge on. Yeah, I know, I know. Andy says, welcome to the two-tier Britain with the haves and have-nots. David says, another help up the ladder of life, favouring only a few. Gary Turner says, education should be on an even keel across the board like everything else. But it's all about how much money you've got. You know, all I want to see is all schools offering the same sort of education. And if you've got money to pay, you can pay to go to a nicer school. But the education should be the same, surely. I mean, if you've got a lot of money, you get a nicer car, don't you? You do indeed, yes. Yeah. Uh, Claire Duffy says, I'm an 11 plus tutor. My students pass and gain places because their parents can afford to pay. And um, that is a point. But I think if you are academically clever, you probably don't need a tutor. Most entrepreneurs, most people who do really well, actually didn't do particularly well at school, did they? That, that's true. I didn't do very good at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Should we do a bit of, um, what should we do now? Should we do uh, tech talk? you got some tech talk for us? Yeah, I can do tech talk. Shall I play the jingle? Yeah, play the jingle. Let's do tech talk. Tech talk. Sponsored by Odor UK. Sweat. Smell as good as your friends. Sweat. The 100% recycled new body spray from Odor UK. Yes, uh, it's not been a good week for Samsung this week. Has it not? Why hasn't it been a good week for Samsung this week? Their phones keep exploding and catching fire. Uh, Yeah, I saw that. Well, why don't they use iPhones? So Samsung should use iPhones. What? I mean, it's like, if you've got to drive a car, have a Ford, isn't it? That, that <laughs> Yes, that's very true. If you're going to drive a you car, know, drive a Ford. If you have to have a phone, have an iPhone. Can't we get money out of them for this? Uh, we should do, because I'm going to mention Apple now. Yeah, Go Um on. The new iOS 10 is now available to download. What's that? Uh, the new software for your phone. Is it? Yes. Is it any good? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to say this particular upgrade seems to work. So when do I, can I download it onto my phone? You can download it right now. Well, don't do it right now. No, Um, No. do it later. No. And what will enable me to do? Uh, It's all about the uh, messaging uh, app, really. Yeah, you can draw pictures now. Oh, right, on the phone. Yeah, you can send your doodles. So do I need one of those clever little things to draw on the screen? You could get a little pen or a stylus, as they like to call it. Yeah, or use my finger. You can use your finger. And you could do quite cool things like um, send a hidden picture that you have to, like, scratch. You know them scratch cards? Mm. You could send a photograph that's all sort of silvered out, and you can rub it with your finger, and it will reveal the picture. So that's then, a good idea yeah, isn't it so it's it's all, it's all about message not much else has been updated the, the home screen's updated the notification page has been updated but uh, yeah phones this week um, samsung yet not having a very good time with their phones catching fire no why i wonder i mean can you can you um can you advance the phone too much and then it all just goes wrong they've just been let down by battery technology again yeah so uh, just a poor batch of batteries i think Oh, dear. Okay, so uh, the iPhone wins out again, and they were worried, weren't they, last week, week before, iPhones were very worried that everybody was turning away. Well, the the iOS is great. I don't know how many people are going to buy the new iPhone 7, though. Doesn't it come with that nifty little Bluetooth gizmo? Or could I get that for my phone? Technically, you could get that for your phone, yes. Yeah, because that would be much better than plugging everything in all the time, wouldn't it? Well, not when you lose your left ear in a restaurant mm-hmm. somewhere or your right ear. Yeah, a... you Yeah, you like having wires attached, don't you? Well, they sort of just dangle off your T-shirt and then you know where mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, but you look like a prat if I'm like, hey, dog, what are you doing? What are you doing? So yeah. not a very good week for uh, Samsung. Batteries keep exploding. That's uh... Nothing worse than an exploding battery robo, is there really? No, no, no you don't want a battery to explode bad. on you. Nope. Mm. So that's, that's it. Um, Right. What? That was that, that's it. Are you sure? Have you got nothing else? Uh, well, I, I, No films, nothing like that this well, week? I went to go and see uh, a couple of films this week, and each time I went, the, um, the, the cinema let me down. Why? They put the screen in the wrong resolution, so you only saw like a zoomed-in picture. And, and did, did everybody boo and hiss? Well, I went and complained on the first one, and they adjusted it. We had about two minutes of black screen until the screen was corrected. And the second yeah. film, I complained twice and didn't bother changing it. Well, I hope you ask for your money back. I get the tickets for free, so... Oh, do you? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, that's the problem with living in Wales, but I'll say no more about that. Yeah, the films in Wales are uh, no good, apparently. Yeah, because they can't get the screen right. Yeah. No. So no, no particular films you suggest this week? Okay? Oh, if you want to go and see a really good, funny film, go and see Sausage Party. Sausage party mm. is that an adult sort of sausage party? Yes, yeah, an adult sausage party. Yes, mm, mm. I've heard about those. <clears throat> yeah, adult sausage parties. Mm. Um, have we done an ad? Encourage people to go and have a look round the uh, uh, the shop. Uh, no, but you're about to do one, I believe. Yes. Well, why don't you listen? If you're new to the program, on our website jameswhaleradio.co.uk, there is a fabulous shop. We've got fabulous things there. We've got the uh, the autobiography of that wonderful broadcaster, James Whale. Well, uh, I've met him; he's he's all right. Uh, we've got James Whale well hats, James Whale well T-shirts, mm. James Whale well juggling balls. <laughs> I'm not sure about the juggling balls, but yeah. Oh, all oh right, OK. We're going to have a look in the shop anyway. We're going to have a browse around the shop. You know, there is no um, there is no necessity to buy. Just have a little look. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, uh, I'll tell you what else was um, uh, interesting me this week. David Cameron's now uh, quit. Yes, he has, yes. And, of course, I think quite rightly, because after the mess he made up of uh, of Brexit, now, of course, he's uh, he's been... Um, So I'm moving moving my microphone Uh, now. He's been uh, Held responsible for the mess up over Libya. I think it's slightly unfair to be honest uh, because he must have been given um, Intelligence to make a decision to go in and invade Libya with France Uh, But obviously it was the wrong thing to do because nobody had any plans afterwards like Iraq Go in mess the whole thing up and then come out before uh, anybody can uh, organize what happens afterwards I wonder what Theresa May's war is going to be. Well, I'm hoping it's not going to be any war. But, of course, uh, it looks as if Donald Trump is going to win the US election. Yeah, what's this about Hillary Clinton being uh, not Hillary well? Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Right, can you say that? Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Yes, I know. You're worried about saying something else, aren't you? I might be. <laughs> it's a bit like saying Gruntfunkel. funkle <laughs> <laughs> I <just made> <laughs> Grunt funkle Yeah um, Okay uh, she's, she's got pneumonia apparently uh, But remember she's You know she's 69 um, Something like that He's 71 uh, They're quite old both of them For taking on a new job And a job that uh, requires so much uh, stamina. But the internet is awash with a the conspiracy theory that she's got a looky-likey. Is it? Mm. <clears throat> I'm not sure that's true. If they had a looky-likey, then they wouldn't have had the breakdown and her f- her sort of uh, passing out just before getting into a car that everybody saw. No, I think that was the real one, and then the one in the afternoon where she was made a miraculous recovery was a different <clears throat> one. No, no. You just shoot, shoot them full of antibiotics and, you know... And steroids, and uh, there, there she was uh, going around again. No, I think, I think it was the same person. Okay. Um, anyway, David Cameron's um, out of work uh, fairly soon, so uh, I did. We did ask uh, any suggestions for um, uh, for jobs, and those of you uh, you got in touch, uh, Tim Smart says Middle East peace envoy <laughs> pays twelve million pounds, and you only work one day a month at your discretion. You don't have to achieve anything. Look at Tony Blair. Um, Steve Kenton says a crash test dummy. It's a bit unfair, isn't it? It's a bit sad. Uh, David Vickers says Royal Mail are hiding Christmas temp. Oh, hiring uh, Christmas temp. I must clean my glasses. Uh, and uh, of course, David Cameron apparently does like zero hours contracts. So there we go. Uh, Dave Bruce says uh, he, he quits, so he won't be uh, able to claim for ages. Well, he won't need to because prime ministers get a really good pension. Do they? Yeah, yeah, about seventy, uh, seventy, hundred thousand a year pension. Yeah, wow. So he won't, he won't have to work. Um, he probably will, of course. Uh, Danny Costello says he'll earn ten times more not being prime minister. He's already a multi-millionaire, as was Blair on leaving office. He could retire, but probably enjoys the ego trip. Um, uh, Dave Starr says, uh, make him go work in the food bank and see how the other half live. Brian. Bradbury says he could be president of the USA. I don't think so, unfortunately. Uh, Preston Thomas says there is nowhere he can work without being abused by the public. Um, He will have to live off the millions he's already got. Um, Carlos says uh, he will be working for the EU soon. Uh, Jane thinks he'd make a good pig farmer, although why you would think that, I have no idea, Jane. Uh, Frank uh, McElroy says one uh, one that pays minimum wage on a zero-hours contract. Listen, I don't know why everybody gets upset about zero-hours contracts for. You know, I, I've worked, for, I'm, I'm self-employed, so quite often I contract myself for a certain amount, uh, or maybe not, uh, as the case may be. Um, and if you work for yourself, quite often people will take you on and say, can we take you? The only thing about zero-hours contracts, if, if a company wants to employ you as a, a freelance, then they can't expect you not to work for other people. That's true, yeah, uh, that is the problem. The BBC have that problem. Or to employ people as freelancers and then get very sniffy if you go and work somewhere else. Um, Frank McElroy says, one that pays minimum wage, we did that one. Mark Moody says, polishing Sir Philip Green's brass balls, and uh, Fiona presenting the great British bake off there's a vacancy there, and Howard Latham says, uh, "Make him an NHS delivery manager. so there we are. He won't be short of work, I don 't think, for one moment. No. Now I think it's probably time for us to do um to do uh questions is it not? Uh yeah I can do that if I can read you this. You think it one, is? Yeah, I think well. we're getting up towards the end of the program aren't we? We are, we are. I can uh, I can see the uh, music coming. Can you? All mm. oh, right, okay. Um and just a quick reminder, of course, if uh, if you are um, wanting this program put out on your radio station, get in touch with Rob at JamesWellRadio at gmail.com. Any views on the program, anything you want to hear us talk about, uh, that is the address, JamesWellRadio at gmail.com. We usually end up the program with a few questions um, that you have uh, sent in. And Rob tries his hardest. He's not very bright, remember. Um, he didn't have the benefits of a grammar school education, so he tries his hardest uh, to actually read these. Um, are you, do you think it? Can you do it this time, or do you want me to? No, no, no. I'll, I'll read them because if I don't read them, I won't. You sure? I won't have a part then, will I? No, no. Well, that's that's what I thought, and uh, I, I think you know it's about time you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, idea, oh, oh, dear. Yeah. Right. I've no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, so when you when you want to. Start just cut in because otherwise I'll just fill up the time by talking. Okay, Pauline Cod. Yes, Pauline. Hello, Pauline. This is very. Uh, is it okay? This we'll is do it well. You know, this is uh, this is very prim and proper. <clears throat> is good. Yeah. Go Why does one never get an abundance of purple and red opal fruits in a packet rather than trillions of yellow and orange ones? Yeah, no idea. I think people prefer the uh, orange and yellow ones. Um, but more than that, actually, I think it's the orange and yellow stand out actually more than the purple one. So I think it might just be a perception because I, next time you get a packet of those, tip them all out and count them up and see whether or not that is right. And then send us a photo. Send us a photo. Yeah, very good idea. Yeah. Uh, next. Uh, Nathan Wally. I hope to Don't God i got that. Don't make any name. comment, Nathan, about your name, but I'm sure it's right. Yeah. Uh, why is someone's private business no longer private? Uh, I think you'd have to be more explicit than that. What are you talking about? Somebody's private business is no longer private. Depends what sort of privacy you want. Okay. If you want privacy to plan terrorist attacks, then no, you're not going to have privacy at all. Thank goodness. Um, and uh, if presumably you're not up to uh, anything bad, it doesn't really matter who, uh, who might be watching what you're doing, does it? No. Uh, Anne Griffith Greenway Yes, green, Anne, hello. Green away, maybe. Yep. Yeah, well, probably is, but go on, get on with it. Hi, James. Hi, Anne. Hi, hi. Um, just listening to Clash of the Titans on YouTube with you and Mike Dickens and Tommy Boyd. Have you ever thought about doing that on your podcast show? Mm, that's an idea. We could do, couldn't we, do a Christmas special, I suppose. We'd have to find Tommy Boyd. Yeah, we couldn't find Mike Dickens, sadly he died some years ago. That's true. Um, but we could, we could get other people, anybody has any suggestions, and maybe we'll do that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gary, Gosh, I didn't know that was still around. Come on. Gary Elmo. Yes. <laughs> Will a British tabloid ever print something that is both true and pleasant? Um, well, the thing is, would you read it? That's the, you know, would you read pleasant story? I'm sure everything they print is true. Otherwise they'd be in trouble. Um, but people always want to want more good news. You give them good papers start up, um, and magazines start up doing good news and they close down because nobody's really interested. Isn't that what OK magazines for? Yeah. Well, yes. If you want to be cheered up, OK Magazine. Yeah, Yeah. Very good. I always read that to give me a smile. Okay, uh, Matt Crisp. Matt. Crisps. Yeah, come on, yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, I thought you were asking me what your surname was. <clears throat> no, no, no. Listen to what we're doing. Okay. Are you going to do proper TV? Um, who knows? Watch this space. What is proper TV? I've always done proper TV. Yeah, we can't not do proper TV. If you're on telly, you're on yeah. a proper telly, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yes, Straight. I don't know what that means, actually. Jason Flood. Yes, Jason. Is it true that you are now the new face of the Daz Doorstep Challenge? The Daz Doorstep Challenge. Well, um, who knows? Again, you know, if 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 the right money was available, I'd be I'd be more than happy to do uh, the new Daz Doorstep Challenge. Uh, I'm not sh- not sure how Shane would feel about that, but well, you never know. Is he the uh, current one? I don't know. I don't think I've seen one for a while. Who used to do it? Was it Danny Baker? Did Danny Baker do it as well? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe I could. Mm. Yeah. I, well, I'm not. I'm not opposed to doing a commercial. You've done loads of commercials. Of yeah, I have. I have. I haven't done one for a while, but I have. Yeah. Didn't yeah. you do the Yakult one? <clears throat> I don't think I did the Yakult one. No. Oh, I think Are you did. You being did. rude? Yeah, I think you did the Yakult one. Your gut isn't asking for much, just friendly bottles of Yakult. That's all it wants. Yakult. Listen to your gut. Oh, maybe I did. Anyway, could we get on? No, that's it. Um, have you seen the or new five- Or get to the pub? Have you seen Have you seen the new five-pound note? Oh, the five-pound, what was all that about? Why do we... I am talking to somebody about this the other day. Look. Money is obsolete in my life. Why do we need money? It's dirty and disgusting. Other people have had their hands on it. Plastic or not plastic. you got card. You go into the coffee shop. You swipe your card. Have a cup of coffee and a croissant. You know, you don't need to carry money. And the only people who are complaining are those people who want tips. Don't you waft your watch. No, Mrs. W does that. She's the one with the Apple Watch, not me. Oh. Yeah. Does she waft her watch? Well, I don't know. I don't ask her those sort of questions, to be quite honest. Oh. That's that's the uh, in thing now, wafting. Yeah, so I'd like to know. I I think it's time we did away with money completely. Uh, Anybody have any views, give us a call. Um, JamesWhaleradio at gmail.com. We might put that out on Facebook. Is it time to get rid of all money and just use plastic? Jelly Tots is the future. Yeah, well, you, you might say that. I disagree. The same way that when I've been doing some work recently for the BBC, I've, I've stopped using Fahrenheit in the temperatures, in the weather forecast. Oh, I bet that winds them up. It does. It does. In fact, I've used Kelvin, which is another <laughs> measurement of... Did you know that? No, well, I know Kelvin is a measurement, of yes. But yeah, re- it's a measurement of temperature, yeah. In fact, recently it's been up to 300 Kelvin. Twenty-seven Celsius. Well, yeah, but it sounds hot when you say it. Three hundred. k ke- yeah. 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 So why? Why would you all Fahrenheit? That's British, no, it's not. It's German. Yes, it is German. It was Vil- Was it Wilhelm Fahrenheit who, uh, who who discovered Fahrenheit as a temperature gauge or something? I don't know. Is Celsius say, a Greek? G- I don't know. I don't really care. But it's what everybody uses now. So except some people. I mean, the same sort of people who say. I always ask for a pint of beer or a pound of potatoes and now, I never go in kilometres, you know. And I suppose you use pounds, shillings and pence, um, pounds and ounces. I mean, why? Can you, uh, next time you're doing the uh, the weather on the BBC, can, can you do it in gas mark? Can you say, like, it's gas mark one outside? No, because that would be absolutely plainly stupid, wouldn't it? Well, i would just not entertained. You know, that's exactly the reason why I am the voice of this program, and you are the producer. Can you use <laughs> GasMark two? What a stupid thing to say! I'm going now. <laughs> well, right, I'll see you later. Thank but, you, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget, check out the website JamesWellRadio.co.uk. Now, go on, off. It's GasMark four up here.